0: Let me start this story by telling you I was a park ranger, and I loved the park that I worked at. i just graduated with a major in zoology when I got this job offer, and I worked there for over 15 years. Pay wasn't too shabby, and the area was attractive. Hell, in winter, we were even given snowmobiles, which were fun as hell. I spent 15 beautiful years at this park. And there wasn't a day I was bored. But in the last few weeks, we'd been receiving a lot of complaints about a strange, nauseating smell at the top of one of our hiking trails. People reported they thought a corpse was rotting somewhere because of how pungent the stench was. In my 15 years working there, we dealt with maybe two human corpses. I knew the smell was awful, but... Never would I have described it as anything like these people were telling me. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not calling them out for lying or anything. I'm just saying that in the open air, even if you're standing a few feet away from a corpse, the smell's probably not gonna make you wanna puke. You're more likely to get nauseous from the sight of the corpse than from its smell. That's all I'm saying. So we went to investigate and we found nothing. There's no blood, no bodies, nothing. It's just the scent. One of my co workers and I went there a few times and couldn't identify the source of the smell, but we also didn't find anything wrong. So we saw no reason to call the cops. But after five more complaints came in, I was told to investigate the area again. That was my job, so I didn't complain. It meant if I could get out of my cubicle at the bottom of the trails and get a nice walk in the park, then I'd do it. Now before leaving, I checked the missing person's registry, see if there was anyone in the past two weeks, and I printed a couple of faces 13 year old kid and an older woman with dementia. I certainly hoped I wouldn't have the answer for these families. I hoped it was a deer or maybe even a bear that had croaked. But then again, we didn't find anything the first few times we went, so I wasn't expecting much. Threw on my hiking boots, and I got out of my tiny office at the bottom of the mountain, where I welcomed school groups from time to time, but otherwise I was mostly left alone. I felt pretty good about the day, even though I dreaded a little what I could find on the top of the trail. Now our park had six different access trails for the mountaintop, all with varying difficulties. We have two beginner trails with no climbing, just a nice walk uphill to the top. There's not much to see either, but it's perfect for schools and families with young children. Then we have three intermediary trails where people still have to climb a little and put a bit more effort in. They're still pretty accessible to almost everybody, unless you're walking on a broken leg. With some help, just about anyone could reach the top of the mountain within three hours on those trails. And then we have what we like to call the Problematic Trail. It's for advanced hikers, people with Instagram who want the best shots, and generally athletic people. There are big rocks in the path, rough climbs, and it takes about four hours even for the healthiest among us to reach the top. We usually try to dissuade the average hikers from trying this trail, but we can't stop them all. Now that said, despite its difficulty level, the trail has never seen one death. The two corpses we found, which I mentioned earlier, were on the beginner's path. And they didn't die there, they were dumped there. Even I, who has been a ranger in this part forever, can't do it under four and a half. And that's on my best days, otherwise it's closer to five or 5.15. Now three hours and a half into my climb, I started smelling it again. The smell was as bad as I remembered it, but I still thought people exaggerated I scoffed at the thoughts of those complaints. People have fragile noses, you know? I started deviating from the trail to walk in the forest alongside it, even if it meant going uphill would be even more challenging. Whatever died didn't do it in the lovely little path for sure, so I had to go the hard way. Ten minutes later, took every fiber of my body and my entire willpower not to gag at how intense the smell was. The higher I got, the more intense it became. I even felt a little dizzy and regretted not bringing a mask with me. Breathing through my mouth was also out of the question. Believe me, I tried. But that stench was so potent it left a taste in my mouth. Something else baffled me too. You see, we have six different accesses to the mountaintop. No complaints came from the other trails. With a stench like that, you'd think that the two closest paths would at least smell it a little. But no one said anything. I also couldn't think of this smell being anywhere near what a corpse smells like. Not that I have extensive experience with corpses or various levels of decay, but I've smelled two in my life and it smelled nothing like what I was currently smelling. Sewer was closer to the stench I was stuck in right now, like rotten eggs and fish mashed between two molded bread slices. Just a disgusting sandwich made of the worst things you could think of. Well, it triggered my gag reflex, even as I tried to take my mind elsewhere. Anywhere but on that scent. I kept walking through it until the smell seemed to become less intense, but maybe I was getting used to it. I did that to identify the affected area and pinpoint where the rancid smell came from. I put some orange tape on a nearby branch and started exploring the forest to find the source of the smell. About five minutes later and far enough that it justified not seeing it from the trail, I found the corpse of a bear cub. Yes, the smell was horrible, but it wasn't responsible for that stench. Flies buzzed around the poor cub's stomach, where it had been eviscerated. There was something disturbing about the way it was killed. At first, I thought maybe the cub had been killed by its mother. Bears that don't have enough food will sometimes attack their cubs. It's rare, but it happens. That said... These woods were filled with food, and the lacerations on the cub's stomach and the lack of bite marks showed that it wasn't killed by its mama, and not for food reasons. Considering the thickness of the marks, it would have to be bigger than this black bear. Furthermore, these animals don't tend to roam near the trails. They usually stay on the other side of the mountain, where there's little to no human traffic. What had brought this cub over to this side? Where was its mom? But more important, what was bigger than a black bear on this mountain? See, I couldn't figure that one out. We rarely had sightings of bears to begin with. We knew they were there, of course, but the bears didn't interact with the humans, didn't come out much, or stayed on the other side of the mountain, far from where the humans tended to walk. This little bear cub was either lost or dragged there. And what was powerful enough to kill this cub and leave such marks on its body? And for what reason was it killed? It didn't look like it was for food. Animals don't kill for pleasure either. They kill for defense, for their territory, or food. Only humans and cats hunt for fun. I couldn't think of a single human strong or crazy enough to steal a black bear cub from its mother and eviscerate it for no good reason, and then I heard a series of clicks ahead of where the cub and I were standing. It sounded almost mechanical, like the rattling of a clip against metal, or even the sound of a broken tread in a factory. Something stuck in an engine, making it not work as fluidly as it should. Then there was a rustling, a sound close to what a bird spreading its wings would sound like. I felt my blood turn to ice. None of the creatures commonly found in the park could make such a noise. Of course we had birds, but the sound was so loud the bird would have had to have been at least six to eight times the size of a Californian condor, which is the largest bird of prey found in the USA. The man in me wanted to turn tail and call for support. The zoologist in me was intrigued and wanted to know what the hell killed that bear. And what was making that feather rustling noise? My curiosity and terror both made me momentarily forget about the stench. and Then the buzzing of a mosquito near my ear had me slap my neck, which grounded me back into reality. My heart told me to go back down the mountain, like a coward, and report what I found. But this, this wouldn't be enough to get rid of the smell, and I just needed some answers. The sound of wings flapping above my head once more pulled me out of my anxiety-ridden mind and stopped the questions. The sun was still shining brightly when I looked up, and I could only see a shadow of something flying toward me at a high speed. No waiting just falling toward me at a high speed. I barely had the time to jump to the side when something fell to the ground where I stood in a disgusting, loud, wet thump. I tackled a tree in my jump, full contact. It won. I fell back on my ass with a brand new scratch on my arm. But the little bit of blood dripping from my brand new flesh wound was nothing compared to the sight of what had fell beside me. A deer carcass, eviscerated in the same fashion as the cub, was now lying on the ground. Its head fractured. The bone from its neck broke the skin, leaving me to see the fragments of bone, flesh, and brain splattered on the forest floor. Most of its viscera slowly tumbled down from the open gashes on the stomach, and I could see from the way the blood dripped, the corpse was fresh. A loud, gargling, metallic-sounding cawing came from above me, and I once more looked up to see the shadow of a huge, unidentified bird. Finally, my heart won. I was not going to stay there. I started trekking back as fast as I could toward the hiking trail, but I had been spotted. I could hear that distorted cawing as it flew above my head, and I wondered how no one else had seen this thing before. Was I asleep? Was the smell coming from the many corpses that the thing might have spread about in that zone? Did it only attack other animals, or would we end up finding human cadavers as well? In any case, I was not equipped to fight the thing. I gave all my attention to the sound of its wings and cawing, hoping that I could put some distance between us. I've only seen its shadow because it remained high above ground and close to the sun. And that's when I realized that it knew what it was doing. Every time I tried to look up, the thing followed the sun and me, making sure I couldn't look at it. That meant that deer falling was not falling there randomly. The bird actively tried, to drop it on me. I heard the most inaudible whistling sounds, and then seconds later, I felt the bird's sharp claws dig into the flesh of my shoulders and lift me up off the ground. I reacted quickly and used my free hand to punch its leg, but the skin there was thick as iron. It still reacted and let me go. I fell to the ground and looked up, and I finally saw the thing. Its eyes were covered in white, and something was attached to its head, like some sort of slimy, dark grey blob. It was pulsating and had many little red eyes. The bird had lost many feathers on its chest, and even had a hole on its right side, from which I could see its ribcage. Dried up grey organs nested behind, and no blood, just a dark, crust surrounding the wound i looked up in the bird's eyes again as it fell upon me it was dead the bird no matter how impressively big it was was dead looked like some sort of eagle but i'd never seen an eagle this big however i could tell that whatever that gray slime thing was it was the reason this bird was attacking I had nothing on me to fend off the attack, so I put my wounded arm up and I felt the claws once more tear through my flesh as if it were paper. I felt my blood splatter across my face and scream, both in agony and terror. I rolled over and found a huge rock by chance, which I used to slam against the talons that tried to tear me apart again. Now, completely filled with adrenaline, I got up to my feet and used the rock against the bird's leg and chest, but it felt no pain. It was but a dead host for a zombie parasite that decided it would kill animals and humans alike on top of my mountain. I had no idea what the hell the thing was. I heard one of the bird's toes break as I slammed the rock against it again, and it clawed at me in the chest by the other foot's talons. And then I sent a flurry of attacks, and it eventually stopped flying and fell to the ground. I think I even shoved my fist inside its ribcage at some point. But the whole fight is still a blur in my memory. I had lost a lot of blood and was mostly running on fumes and sheer desire to live. When the bird fell, I instinctively slammed my bloodied fist and rock against the bird's skull and the slime made an awful squelching sound, but I could still see dozens of little red eyes staring at me. The parasitic slime was not dead yet. So I just kept slamming the rock repeatedly against it until the sound of my pulse drowned anything else out. I kept attacking until that slime was a mess of red and gray on the ground, unmoving. And then I realized how god-awful the thing smelled. And I nearly wretched again. Like a sewer. Rotten eggs. And rotting fish. When I got back to myself, I was at the bottom of the mountain. And an ambulance was waiting for me. I must have called them on my way down, but even at my fastest. It must have taken me at least two hours. The moment between the slime's death and me reaching the bottom of the mountain completely wiped from my memory I just lost too much blood to care I passed out in that ambulance and I woke up in the hospital there were two cops waiting for me apparently I was hysterical enough in the ambulance I kept repeating that a giant dead bird with a parasite attacked me they said they sent people to check the trail and did find the bird the bear and the deer They also found the remains of that weird parasite, and they sent it somewhere for analysis. Once I recovered, I quit my job at the park. I still have the scars on my arms, chest, and shoulders to prove my story. I was lucky that I even got to keep my arm, but I still had to go on to physical therapy to recover the use of my hand. But now I'm glad I work in a cubicle. I miss being outside, sure, but I prefer studying animals from a distance now.